Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, here we are. Rachel, will the Democrats be able to take back the Senate in 2020? What's your prediction on that, the Senate? Because if we don't get the Senate, then it's all kind of moot. So now that the socialist prospect has been vanquished and the party will not be running against itself, which is a really critical element, yes, um, the uh, Colorado and Maine are definitely flipping, as will Arizona. So the question is... Wait, which ones are flipping? Colorado, Colorado, Maine, and Arizona. Okay. Yeah, so when my forecast for the House and the Senate come out, we'll be talking about at least six House seats in addition to the ones they gained in 2018. Um, but that's because they didn't understand in this new environment where to spend money. It's in these realigning suburbs, which are, by the way, realigning because of the millennial generation who are now 40. They're balding. They own houses. <laughs> right. They're not college kids. <laughs> and they were sitting on their ass not voting before, but now they're freaked out, okay? And so when we look at the suburban uh, revolution, it's not Republican women singing kumbaya and having, like, buyer's remorse. In fact, if you look at my analyses, which I really urge you guys to do, anyone who's hearing this, please do, uh, you're going to see Republicans are, are, are stoked on Donald Trump. They love what this man is doing. They're not disaffected. They showed up. They increased their turnout in 2018. And uh, Democrats are actually flipping seats because of independents and Democrats who are changing the composition of the electorate. They're making it less white, younger, more female, and better educated, and that's what's saving America. Okay, Brian, as someone raised with Britain's National Health Service, why do you think some Americans are so hesitant to embrace Medicare for all? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's stupid. I I mean, I think, you know, the National Health Service is phenomenal. Uh, you know, and, well, and each sub- well, you know, each government tries to screw it up by appalling, appalling middle management, and it's the middle management that's done the job, not the people on the ground, not the nurses, not the doctors, but the management that's been shit. And uh, but now, doctors in England are paid a salary, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be a tough sell in America. Well, of course, everything's right. a tough sell here. Yeah. You know? Right. I'm just. <laughs> so, so what's new? Well, <laughs> right. No, but I'm, I, yeah, I yeah. mean, in the idea of a national health service, uh, you know, it was started by Clem Attlee and uh, and Aaron Bevan, two great politicians. Attlee probably being the greatest prime minister I think we ever had. And, uh, he was right after Churchill? He was right after Churchill. He managed right. the country while Churchill was doing the war. That was the interesting mm-hmm. thing about him. And he was very quiet, very quiet man. But anyway, I think that the National Health Service is, is you know, they, they try to destroy it. They'll try and sell it. They'll try to do everything, particularly the Tories. But it still goes on. Okay. And it's great. Um, Ross, is the coronavirus the kind of event that could force us out of our state of decadence, which, of course, is the subject of your book? That's a terrific question. Thank you, Mom. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so, I I mean, it's a little weird because I'm out promoting this book about how we're stuck in these loops of, you know, decaying institutions and stalemated politics and the same Star Wars movies over and over again. And I'm doing this while the coronavirus is basically sweeping through and putting it all to the torch. So, yeah, I can say definitively, you know, pandemics are not decadent. Um, They're really bad, but they're definitely not decadent. Um, But it is a test for, I mean, what I was talking about earlier, basically the institutional failure at every level that we've had in response to it, Mm -hmm. that is decadence. That's what decadence Mm -hmm. looks like. And, And, you know, I mean, 
more than you, I think it's, uh, it's going to be worse than the flu, I think. What's going to be worse than the flu? The, the coronavirus? It, y- yes. it could be. We, well, yeah. how, what are you basing that on? Um, you know, Italy, mostly. Iran. Even, even, I mean, even South Korea, the best containment we've got, has a we, fatality rate of 0.6, and the flu is 0.1. So that's for every person you said dies of the flu every year, which is too many. You could have six people dead, which is well, hundreds of thousands of people. So I think there's okay. a debate about that. I don't think you're... Well, that's the low end. That's the the low end. I mean, the WHO is the high end. The people most to worry about this, of course, are over 80, 80 and over. And even among 80, it's one out of six. (laughs) What? Really? Yeah. Go on. If if I was 80 (laughs) and I still had six to one odds to live through this thing... Go to the casino (laughs) on that. I I mean, it's not the worst when you're 80. I I mean, we have death... You know, part of de- decadence, I think, is that people... We, you're right. It's always about victim of your own success. I mean, you think of the, the French, you know, kings in the, the time of Louis XIV. I mean, everything was just so, so effete. And, and nothing... They, could, they, could, they couldn't stand any sort of pain. They sat on thousands of pillows. That's where we are now. Yeah. yeah. People sitting Absolutely on thousands right. of pillows. Absolutely yeah. right. I, I, I but pandemics even... are... I mean, yes. pandemics are worse than that. They are. Right. But it's not the you black can't, you plague. Can't root. Yeah, I'm not true. rooting yeah. for it. I'm right. not. I'm no. not. <laughs> I'm, let me be clear. I am against the coronavirus. Let me say I have always been against the coronavirus, and I always check my record. Stop worrying about my record, Ross Douthat. Also on the campaign list. Oh, of don't Jesus do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, what does the coronavirus do to the campaign, though? How so, do you yeah, put that I mean, into a you model? You know, Trump is so screwed, right? Because it's going to totally fuck the economy. Oh, everybody says and that. Everything that happens, that, and he's never you know, screwed. Oh no, no, no. He this, is definitely, never, definitely never. not helped by no, this, I, and you can see. I, in his total panic. I think this, his total panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing that he right. had his is that decadence, right? He had all of these rich people right. who were able to say, well, I've got my conservative judges who will one day redefine American citizenship so our minority population can hold on to power. And I have money, right, from the stock market. Well, my parents are living off of retirement funds. They lost like 40% of their stock. You, you said his mouth there. lost $2 trillion? 100%. Just, just what he said. A hundred percent. That more first press above what it would have been. Okay, look, I'm a clear-eyed money manager running 11 Yes, you are. I watch you that like g- money. I, I right. do. I watch and you that have guy. a lot of it. I watch that guy's press conference. Yes. Forget my politics or right. anything else. I said, okay, the market is going to sell off on this because sure. it's science. You want to say that the Trump Tower condominium is 10,000 square feet when it's right. 1,000? <laughs> no problem, okay? Right. You can't lie about the right. science, okay? You can't. <laughs> You right. gotta hit the science right yeah, in the bullseye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cost, okay. and then he opened his mouth on Sean Hannity's show, right. and uh, and that cost another trillion dollars. I, I mean, they, they can't South corona by Southwest. Flu. I mean, that's a huge. I mean, this is going to have well, a that's an upside, though. Right? It's I mean, going to be a silver lining. There's got to be a silver lining. So here, the, in <laughs> in my Sorry. research, like ec- economy, right? People argue, oh, Trump's in this great position because the economy is strong. Bullshit, right? In the old days, the economy mattered. So Carvel was right one time, but not anymore, right? But the a bad economy 
on a guy that everyone hates? Just well, ask Jimmy everyone. Carter how that went for not, him. Not everyone. Yeah. Not everyone in America hates. That's well, a little bubbleish. It's about forty. It's about forty-three percent, and he's going to get about forty-seven okay. percent. So the question will be: Can the Trump team make enough not Trump voters stupid okay, I, I, enough I, to vote against their own interest? Okay. Right. Certainly, you've made my point, not everyone. (laughs) What are your thoughts, panel, on Bill Clinton saying in the new documentary, uh, I guess this came out today, that his affair with Monica Lewinsky was a way of, quote, managing my anxieties? And let you take that one. This is addressed to you, but I put it to the whole panel. Lucky you. I don't know why you... You know, uh, (laughs) obviously, I assume it's taken out of context. It did seem to address his anxieties. He did very well, I know, as a president during that period. (laughs) uh, You know, sounds right to me. (laughs) I think... uh, I mean, sex does I think it's indisputable. Yeah. I but, think it really yeah. is indisputable. Yeah. I think Stay it really does help your anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should call Dr. Right. He's back in the Bloomberg blowjob terminal. Go ahead. No, but I just think it would be they would be better served as Democrats to stay out of the way right now. Why surface that and bring up the fact that he was impeached and all that other stuff? It just colors bad. The Clintons the never miss yeah, an opportunity. Never, never miss right an opportunity yes, to... Speed bump right. For a Democrat. But I, I just gotta no say... Strategy. Now, and then, but to say... The symmetry of him getting impeached and plus the... Yes. Can I, for one right. second, channel Monica Lewinsky? And I, I, don't think, I don't think Monica likes me very much. Uh, you know, I you know, may have done a few jokes in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I tried to. I tried to when she came out a few years ago in Vanity Fair and wrote that. I kind of. I tried to defend her, and then I saw her, and she was like, "Your defense was not good enough, or it was the wrong kind of defense." I was like, "Oh, you're sorry. dead to her." Yeah, but I just got to say, the the blindness of a man saying that I had this affair with this person, it was to manage my anxieties. How does that make her feel? It's like, it's just, it's just like a yeah. terrible thing to say. It, you know what it reminds me of? It's when people are with, like, their second wife. Right. And they just go on, this is the love of my life, and I didn't live before I met her. Oh, well, it was yeah. the first wife. Right. How does she feel right. when she hears yeah, this? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, just they yeah, do yeah. this all the yeah, time. Like, yeah. And yeah. the Clintons are very blind to... The, the, the ca- they have a callousness. To they them, really do. They uh, this do. to me was very callous. It's like <laughs> manage my anxieties. You know, really, there was not a human being there. Especially after she's revealed that she was in love with him and she yes. really opened up about what she felt about it, and then and just... he like and there was more than just managing my anxiety. As I recall that yes. he bought her that book of poetry. Right. Remember that? Well, women. It was like and there was that tape where he was like, "Good morning," because he got a blowjob that day, yeah. and like you know he was. <laughs> a little more than that. All right, but thank you. Right. So I guess... Yes, you know, right. you're right. That's the very good point. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.